too rattled. Rattled. <laughs> Episode three, Katie. Hello. I missed this. Yeah, me too. I really missed you last week. I really miss you last week more than you know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we had a good time on Instagram, though. We did a bit of a live react situation. That's yeah, that was good, great. Uh, some good engagement with our friends. Yeah, Becca, you are the, really, you are the most hilarious person <laughs> of any relationship. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm going to be honest, like a little BTS on those videos. I like took forever. I did probably six or seven takes for each of those videos. So those weren't even my true and real like live react thoughts. They were still self-edited in a lot of ways. <laughs> Honestly, it's fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's so great. But, wow. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Um, last Tuesday was the U.S. election. In case you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure in like 30 years it's going to be known as the infamous 2020 election. Um. And yeah, it's really stirred up a lot of thoughts and emotions in both Katie and me, and I'm sure much of you who are listening right now. So we thought that it would be a great time to talk about politics and Christianity and how those things collide. Becca, how are you feeling post-election? Oh, Katie, I spent literally all of last week um watching abc news and refreshing every probably 15 minutes the google map that like shows each state red or green uh, or red or green red or blue and i mean green means go am i right but like yeah it was a very stressful time and really like this election season has brought up a lot of questions I have as a Canadian watching American elections, um, but also seeing how Christians in the States and Christians here even participate in political discourse. It really is like, wow, what is happening? Like, I just have a lot of questions. So not only am I a little bit, you know, stressed about the outcome of this election, I also just have a lot of like, what is going on in this sweet, sweet world <laughs> that has been brought up <laughs> for me. Um, I've, I did see a good couple like memes though, like, like, if if there's any Hamilton fans out there, uh, Hamilton the musical, hey, <laughs> if you know the song Wait For It that Burr sings, and there's like the one line where he talks about, um, in the chorus, he's like, I'm not falling behind, I'm lying in wait. I saw this TikTok of like someone, Katie's favorite filter of the eyes and the mouth on inanimate oh objects. <laughs> and they're like on the state of Nevada and they're singing like, I'm not lying behind, I'm lying in wait. I like died. <laughs> the meme game has been strong no matter how like intense the season was. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've needed that like a little bit of comedic relief. So yeah. shout out to whoever's been creating this these TikToks for us. It's been <laughs> stressing us Absolutely. lots of hamilton ones for sure yeah yeah hamilton's still ripping so so good yeah. <laughs> how about you katie how's your yeah, reaction to it all semester, it was interesting because i was actually at rockridge for um our prayer we had a prayer retreat as staff and part of that was we weren't supposed to have our phones <laughs> um yeah i like i did pretty well for the most part but i was like i was like i have to know what's happening and then I don't know why I assumed I'd find out like that day. I think maybe that's what happened last time. And mm -hmm. so obviously it was quite stressful, like seeing like um, not really knowing what's happening. But um, yeah, if I'm honest, I'm pretty fired up. <laughs> like I know there's obviously like 
and I think a big thing that I've been wrestling with is like, yeah, no, there's no perfect political party. There's no perfect leader. There's brokenness on both sides, have what have you. Um, but I, yeah, I just really can't get past Trump. So I'm, I'm really trying to be fun, if I'm honest. <laughs> Don't know how to make that sound nice, but um, I'm really excited about that part. Um, and I'm really, really excited that there is a female of color in the White House. Woo woo, Woo, shout out to Kamala, like our queen. Our queen. <laughs> our queen, regardless of whatever if you don't agree with her viewpoints yeah there's some things she's done which i'm like yeah kind of shady we can all we can agree there but i think we just need to pause in how historic it is to see someone who is a woman of color in the white house like i think that's something that should be really celebrated and encouraged and i don't know i was like watching all of these like pictures of little like um, black girls watching her on the screen and I was like crying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful like it representation does really matter mm-hmm. and I think we've always heard like oh you can be a woman and you know be president you can do whatever you want and it's like it's hard to really actually um believe that if you don't actually see it so I'm excited for the women of in Canada and the states who like can see it as a reality and dream and aspire towards it. And I'm excited for the day that Canada has their, has a woman who's prime minister. For sure. I'd love to see that happen. Um, no shade to yeah. Kim Campbell, but you were only in office for three months, so. Yeah, it was very quick. <laughs> it was very quick. We're gonna give it to you, but um, we're hoping for a little bit longer in standing in office, preferably. <laughs> Um, I, I saw this great TikTok that was like, man, we all really missed out on a prime um, Halloween costume of like yoga jacket, aviator sunglasses, headphones in one hand on the phone saying, we did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. What a good Halloween costume that would have been. Honestly, like, let's just everyday wear in celebration. <laughs> I've got a yoga jacket somewhere. I got some headlong. I like that a lot. I like the new Kamali uniform is yoga jacket, aviator yeah, sunglasses. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw SNL. Um, it was ripping that night. <laughs> I bet. I could imagine the writers in the room being like, okay, we prepared for this <laughs> and this, yeah. and what are we getting here? But there's yeah. like piece on uh, the costume designers like making Kamala's outfit in like less than like I think it was like two hours or something or they like four wow. hours to like, replicate her outfit oh my gosh unreal but <laughs> yeah those are some of our initial thoughts about the yeah <laughs> Lots of things. um yeah we you know election season always kind of kind of brings up stuff like this especially in the states because they're such a global power so it's gonna be a good combo today. I also wanted to note that, I mean, you might hear from our audio quality, but Katie and I are not in the same room today. We are not. <laughs> our queen, our other queen Bonnie has <laughs> queen bon bon. Let's stay in our rooms for the next two weeks, so <laughs> we're abiding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, thanks for giving us some grace as we figure out what, how to podcast at the same time as how to podcast virtually. Um, but you know, I'm sure you've all listened to podcasts with someone not in the room and someone virtual this year, so maybe it's not that weird to you anymore. In which case, ignore everything we just said for the last 20 seconds. (laughs) Never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Katie, we put on our Instagram today for our friends to engage with what rattles everyone about politics and Christianity and politics, um, should we open it up and see what our our friends answered yeah let's do it um yeah i'll just do the first one let's do it so we have one that says it's more of a statement but i think there's a lot in this statement um what rattles us about christians and politics that surprisingly a lot of christians are trump supporters Mm. and that's the t isn't it (laughs) (laughs) surprising is a good word (laughs) yeah i um follow this account and she 
uh, I wish I could remember her name and I could <laughs> do a little shout out, but she, it's basically, she just kind of does like deconstruction in, in all layers of Christianity and she's a lot of really like interesting and thought-provoking things to say, but she made this post about um, 76% of white evangelicals voted for Trump in the States, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> really blew my mind. It's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she posted that and she was talking about like, um, and alongside that post, she put um, a bunch of very big known celebrity pastors like through Bethel or for like other churches like that, um, who like had all put in black squares and had all put in like, you know, we're in support of Black Lives Matter. And like, I don't want to assume who voted for who and that's like not what that this is about. But I think, and obviously like pastors, it's legally, they're not really supposed to influence their congregation on voting. However, I feel like that tends to still happen. Um, but it's just interesting to me because a that's a big makeup of a lot of their congregations who voted for Trump and to see the the black square was just very interesting in the par in the parallel of that as hearing like well I think we all heard that Trump doesn't believe in white supremacy or many <laughs> um, of those things so it's very interesting like the optical allyship versus real allyship and I think that's what rattles me about this election and and obviously there's um argument for both sides not having christian um, air quoting christian tradition and values which i think we're going to talk about a little bit but um yeah it's just very interesting part of me is like i don't think you should put that square on then <laughs> and maybe you should have thought something different put there but um maybe a blue square <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna should i say that i just said it but yes, there are surprisingly a lot of Christian Trump supporters, and I would also say there's lots of those in Canada as well, which is very interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I saw some uh, survey that uh, asked Canadians who they would vote for in selection, and overwhelmingly it was for Joe Biden, but I mean, you're not going to get 100% anywhere. So there's like 10% plus of Canadians, like between 10 to 15%. Um, that would vote, would have voted for Trump. So, I mean, take with that what you will, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure globally he would have a lot of supporters as well. It's just like an interesting situation. But at the same time, it like unearths a lot of realities that maybe we weren't, wouldn't have known. Like, oh, one in 10 Canadians think that this guy would be worth voting for. Like, we've got some work to do, I guess, if if that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> I, it's weird because, like, to me, it feels like, and obviously this is a very biased, I'm going to be the first to admit that I have a biased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I did know that. So take that with what you will. But yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, it feels like this is common sense, but I am really, Beck and I have been talking a lot about this. We've been really trying to like, okay, like put ourselves on the different sides of this, like really research, really like dig into it. And, and yeah, I <laughs> still land where I am. So <laughs> not sure. <laughs> I will say like, I understand the socioeconomic situations that would make someone vote for Trump. I like acknowledge and accept that, but as a Christian person specifically, I think that's a whole other story. Like if you say that you love and follow Jesus, then we're having a whole other conversation. Yeah, I would agree. Which kind of leads, this does lead into like a comment that, um, well, at least into all the comments that our friends have <laughs> given us. Um, but our friend, our friend Ashley said, um, why is abortion the only relevant issue? What the heck? <laughs> a direct quote. <laughs> what the heck is right? Also, my favorite follow-up from Ashley is everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything is rattling. 
Um, agreed, Ashley. <laughs> really, truly, truly. Um, and not that I don't want this to turn into like an abortion debate, but I think that is no. something that's very interesting to like talk about too. And like, because that's what I've heard a lot of Trump supporters say is why they voted for Trump is because he's pro-life and against abortion. Um, and I think we could unpack that a little bit. <laughs> I think we could just a little. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, for me, Katie sent me a podcast this week that I think like blew my mind up a lot. Um, this podcast, Dirty Rotten Church Kids, who we found a little bit of inspo from actually when we were talking about making a podcast. Um, they have an episode called Vote Like a Christian, which I recommend anyone go listen to. Um, they did a little bit of research into like the history of how um, nationalism and uh, politics and the church um, sort of collided and got into bed with each other. I think it's very interesting and I maybe don't agree with everything the hosts of that show like believe, but I think that that episode of their podcast is incredible, incredible at like unpacking a lot of these things. Um, in the sort of one policy voting conversation, I think that it's just a good example of like tribalism of like, we're just gonna gather around this one idea and, and like die on this random hill and demonize anyone who doesn't agree with us because we apparently like hold the truth about this topic and so we're gonna like put people in power around this one topic I don't know it's just very bizarre to me what do you mm -hmm. think Katie I agree yeah it just seems like a lot of double standards like I'm like I would say like yeah I'm I'm pro-life I mean majority of women like um abortion is like the last thing that they like plan on happening to them or want to do mm -hmm. um but what rattles me <laughs> is that like people are that's the hill they're gonna die on which is in their mind like this is like a human issue human life we value human life but then i look at all these other issues that all resolve around human life and no one cares or they're supporting policies or government that continually oppresses human basic rights and yes. like i'm like if you're going to care about abortion you need to care about kids in cages at the border you need to care about black lives you need to care about indigenous life like it, it can't just be one or the other you have to care about all those things and sometimes i feel like it gets villainized like i'm just gonna like the abortion side of things of like oh well if you're not like pro-life then you're like you're on this other spectrum mm -hmm. it's like well no like i think that there's there can be policies and i mean i'm not an expert in like what biden or the democratic party is on like their approach to abortion i know that they're pro-choice which i i agree with i support that i think that as a woman you have the right to your body mm -hmm. um, and it shouldn't be decided by someone else um but in play with that like do we have, can we have more resources to support single moms? Can we have more resources to educate and provide free contraception? Like there has to be, it can't just be this like, oh, like we're voting for him because he's against this thing. Well, what is he doing to like prevent or care for mm -hmm. vulnerable people? And I, and, and that's where, yeah, this is another kind of tangent, but <clears throat> I've been attending this like conference these past two days, like online and most of the stuff I've been listening to has been rattling me more. <laughs> um, and I went in hoping to like, be like, oh, we're going to talk about these controversial things and I'm going to get more answers, but left me feeling a little bit worse. But um, yeah, they're talking about uh, the election and um, just like, what are the point of policies? And the point of policies is to like create systems and create metrics to help humanity <laughs> and mm -hmm. as christians it's actually like our responsibility to be involved in those and to contribute to those and support those so but then the danger is like when you 
put people on a pedestal like Trump or even Biden and say like, well, that's the most reflective of Jesus. That's the messianic head of the country. That's like adultery for one and be like, is impossible. <laughs> Neither of them <laughs> yeah. are Jesus. Um, but what policies do they represent that benefits people that are on the lowest of the low? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like an important filter as we like look into like and look into policies and look into who we're voting for is who who benefits and who does not benefit and and how do we like yeah how do we dive into the marginalized and best support our fellow human beings mm-hmm. but yeah it's a big one <laughs> yeah. yeah something that I um think is like the most the most valuable thing that I have sort of discovered about my beliefs in politics um quite recently actually like I've been asked in the past what I think about abortion and I've said like I don't know I I I want other women to be able to choose I personally don't really see myself ever having an abortion because I can imagine how painful that would be but I don't know. So I can't like extrapolate my personal feelings for every woman ever. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of always been my thought about it. Um, but what really hit the nail on the head in that Dirty Rotten Church Kids episode, which I think has been sort of my view um, of late, probably the last election cycle that I've been able to vote in, is like why do we as christians feel like we need to make the rest of this country act like mm-hmm. i think yeah. christians are supposed to act like that's so backwards that's not how you're going to win people for jesus by forcing them through yeah. law and government to act the way you think they should act it's by voting for people who are going to like make your country a more heaven-like place to live don't you think like Mm -hmm. showing people the ways of jesus by lifting them up by like being jesus to those people is going to be way more effective in showing people what it means to know and love him than like (laughs) forcing it down their throat (laughs) like like, as a non-christian person i'm not going to be like oh, they passed this anti-abortion law, like, I really understand God now. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. what it is at all. Like, so I think that's what I really has come up for me with Donald Trump being president in the States, but also when election cycles come around and Christians come out of the woodwork and put these, like, anti-abortion stakes in the ground, it's like, sure, you can totally believe that I'm not going to stop you from believing that but like what else is this party or this person going to do to be Jesus to the people of this country yeah it's a lot of Pharisee vibes (laughs) a lot of big Pharisee vibes (laughs) I heard heard say um like at a leader retreat like a few years ago and talking just about like three kind of pillars of like following the Lord and it's like belong, believe, become. And I think often the Christian people or the church starts at the become. So you have to do these things so that then you can belong and then you can believe. Mm. It actually starts with belonging. So we're not like holding you to these standards that whatever the Lord has, you actually are just going to belong here. And then we hope that you believe and then you become more like Jesus. It's not like that actually should be like the last thing, not the first mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So you're trying to like, like as, and the States is becoming more and more a secular country and that, that nothing's going to stop that. Um, so you're trying to then force people into this like traditional Christian mindset, but none of them have, any of those values or understanding like it to me that like doesn't make sense it's like I don't get why you would 
try to do that because like even if you get your way and all of the things are illegal like how does how does that like doesn't that just push people farther and far away from like who Jesus is because it really shouldn't be about the the rules or the legalistic side of it it's it's about the relationship and what I know for me what drew me to Jesus wasn't the rules <laughs> that you have to follow um it was the acceptance and like the love and the like purpose and all these like amazing things and in that I want to like become more like him mm-hmm. and and that like shapes me and whatever but I can't it doesn't really work if it starts there mm-hmm. that's good <laughs> also like it's interesting because as we sort of uh critique what we even view as what the church should be or what Christians should do. Um, you're going to get very different views of what becoming even means, depending on who you ask. So like yeah. white evangelicals might see becoming like Jesus as being uh, pro-life, anti-abortion, um, etc. Um but someone in a country elsewhere, like China or India, um, might see becoming like Jesus as something else. So when you like sort of force people to start at what you think are the rules, you might be getting the rules wrong. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. So that's kind of scary. <laughs> it is. Yeah, but important things to, like, think about, though. Like, I don't think we think about that often. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to do that more. Yeah. I, I like things. that. I like that belong, belief, become thing. That's good stuff. Yeah, it was really good. When you said that, I was like, wow. <laughs> so good. Mind blown. Um. All right. We got another question or comment from uh, Becca's sister, Maddie. <gasps> oh, uh, Shout out to Maddie. Um, Hi, Madeline. <laughs> Maddie is so great. She is great. One time we were as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Maddie is a guest. <laughs> we can relive our summer staff days. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, she just made the comment. So how American Republicans tend to be, air quote, Christians while supporting hateful causes. Ooh. Do you want to dive into that first? Yeah. I mean it kind of goes back to that idea of being like one policy voting also the idea that one party is for christians and the other party is for pagans (laughs) like (laughs) i don't these are among the questions that i have for americans that are like how did this happen and like she's right like if if this is a party that Christians are going to stand behind and our faith is about belonging, hearkening back to what you just said, like, uh, this party doesn't really seem like they support having people belong in this country. And I, I, you could say that about politicians here too, um, like, and political parties here, like, if we say that we stand for love and justice, um, among other things, in God's character, like we can't align our whole faith on one political party. That's what the separation of church and state is about. Like people in churches should not also be the people in governmental power, like speaking for all of the church because you're going to get it wrong. Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> here's kind of like a follow-up, kind of related. Um, so someone, someone made a comment about like when, when organizations or churches don't take part because they don't want to be too political. Mm. So it's almost issue. like a counterpoint. Yeah. That's so what you what would you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, that's the beauty of the separation of church and state is, like, the people who have 
faith positions. I, and I'll speak directly as like being a Christian and knowing the history that the Christian church has had in relation to being in powerful places. Like, yeah, you're going to mess it up. And you, we can't like um, stand at the head of a country and say that we're going to like make this country Christian because um, like, I mean, we can't make people become Christians without them knowing who Jesus is. So um, there's that side, but also like, it's hard to separate, like, especially in today's political climate with talking about Trump specifically, Republicans specifically in 2020 versus um, sort of a progressive agenda. Um, it's hard to say that you don't like support political stances that support human rights at the same time. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. there's definitely a danger in saying that the church should have um, control and saying that the church should influence, like, pastors should not influence their congregants politically. Um, I agree. The church should not be in governmental power because we've messed that up bad in the past. But at the same time, if the church is teaching and members of the church are learning and becoming more like Jesus, shouldn't we all agree with political uh, agendas that align with what Jesus would have done? I guess is my stance. Like I understand organizations and churches not like making a post on Instagram about like we support this politician. I understand that it's probably pretty dangerous, but if the people in those organizations follow Jesus, then then we should see a political outcome of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and I think maybe like and maybe this comment, like, I feel like maybe could be referencing like, oh, we don't post this specific issue because it then becomes political. Mm. Like, for example, Black Lives Matter, like, we're not going to post that because it's too divisive. It's too political or <clears throat> whatever insert issue there, um, which is very interesting because it's very interesting how like. And maybe I'm not a political science major <laughs> and I'm like sociology is very interesting. And I feel like this, this might be my master's route because I'm just so intrigued by humanity, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that like, that's the reaction. It's like, we're not supporting this like issue based on like perceived politics about it or what could come out of it. And then for that, I would say like, I think you need to look at like, well, what does this, how does that said issue line up with like Jesus and the Bible? So if we're talking specifically about Black Lives Matter, there's thousands of years of oppression and like, it's actually like the more you think about it, the more it's like, I don't know how we could get that more wrong as Christians, the treatment of black people and people of color and indigenous people in, in North America, Canada included. And, and then I was listening to this like thing today, uh, the, the part of the conference they're talking about like, and, and like white people use our theology to justify it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just so interesting. And then when you're unearthing that and like criticizing and critiquing it, I think sometimes the scapegoat from some places is like, oh, that becomes political. And then in, in your support of that issue, it means that you are saying that you're blank in support of this candidate or blank this candidate. Right. And so I think sometimes like as Christians, we need to like separate that a bit, not separate as like, it's not those voting isn't important, but separate be like, okay, what's the issue here? How does that line up with like how I view Jesus and how I feel like Jesus is viewed as people. Mm -hmm. And then let's look at like policies and candidates that like are going to address those issues and change those issues. Or are the opposite candidate going to like continue down that path of like, continued segregation, continued oppression, continue like whatever. I think that's like 
you're really deconstructing like <laughs> yeah you're deconstructing it like you got to figure out like well obviously this is an issue here's the history of the issue which side is going to help figure out that issue that lines up with like how I value people and how I see people and in that how I see Jesus so mm-hmm. it's very interesting and there also might be parties that don't like that neither would be good options for that but but then what is our responsibility then as Christian people to ourselves be still engaged in pursuing like justice and pursuing policy change and all those things I don't necessarily have the answer to that but like because like I think that's where you get you kind of get two maybe three spectrums of this where it's or I don't know but maybe fall hear me out <laughs> um where you have like well you're Christian if you follow this party but you're not Christian if you follow this party and then and then you also get a chunk of Christians that are like well it doesn't matter like this isn't this earth isn't meant for us we're gonna die anyway and like mm-hmm. it's a broken system so we should just like not care and I think there's a line in all of those things where, as we say often, it's pretty gray and it's mm-hmm. not so black and white. And mm-hmm. I think you're going to find Christians in both parties <laughs> and you're going to like, but then it, yeah, it's just like figuring out where, where do you really sense like the Lord is in it and what does he want to like do in our country, in us because I don't think we're called to just like turn the other way. Definitely. I think Jesus makes that very clear that yeah. like, actually we need to pursue reconciliation and pursue justice while recognizing that the world will never be perfect and we're never going to actually achieve what the kingdom of God is like intended to be. Like we're never going to get there. So that kind of takes the weight a little bit off people's shoulders of like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Uh, but like, what can I do though? And what is my like responsibility as a citizen on this earth and a lover of people and do this to like pursue and change as much as I can. And cause I still think that's like a very important part of our Christian walk. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> I think you said what I was thinking way better than I said it. So. No, no, no. We're well all done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like also, I don't want to become this person because everyone is this person these days, but um, I think why what you said is so good is because you're talking about peeling back the layers. Like, there's not black and white. Um, There's so much gray. And for anyone to, including, like, progressive minded people for anyone to say like you uh, did xyz so therefore abc is also like dangerous um to yeah just blanket statement um like I i think when it gets tricky is when you all you have is one square on instagram and that's your like moment in time to say something as for example a church um and the audience is like waiting for this like black square or for this whatever and uh, 500 characters to explain what that instagram post means so i i think it's like um interesting to think about like how can we mindfully and thoughtfully like use tools like Instagram if I'm a lead pastor at a church to say like yes I we as a church believe that black lives matter um but then to be able to peel back those layers a little bit and say like it's not because we want to stand behind one political party that we're saying that it's because we looked in the Bible, we looked at church history, like we did X, Y, Z peeling back of the layers in order to be able to say this thing. Um, I think, yeah, it's, there's a lot of nuance that happens that, that can't necessarily be represented on an Instagram post or a tweet, but that we need to um, give organizations and especially churches 
um, like the expectation and the space to like be doing that nuance um, instead of just expecting like a, a hard stance one way or the other. There needs to be like just a cultural shift in saying we're going to do research and we're going to think about it critically and we're going to like look at the Bible and we're going to look at Jesus. And after we've done all that work, this is what our stance is. And then it becomes not political necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Like an ethical, biblical issue that like is incredibly important to figure out politics aside, but then does influence your position or your voting. Because I think like when you peel back those things, you find like, oh, (laughs) this is actually really wrong. And we need like real systemic change. So then who is best equipped to help figure that out and help. Yes. But then also still keeping like, I mean, this is kind of turning into (laughs) like a little bit off track of the guests from politics, but in a sense, I think churches kind of act like it is a bit political. Mm -hmm. I can say that. Um, but then also keeping our leaders accountable to like, hey, you you did stand behind this and we're X months into this and you know, like what what have we been doing? What are we doing? What have you been doing personally? Holding each other accountable. Cause like even and I like, yeah, I'm personally am very thrilled that Trump's no longer in office, but does that mean racism in America is solved? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And still all these other issues in Canada and America that are still systemic, but, but just because like Trump is gone, doesn't mean that like um, every, all the issues are gone. I think, I think obviously like, you know, it is a step ahead <laughs> in, the, in, the in that area, but we still need to keep leaders and politicians, not just nationally, but like locally accountable and keep yeah. like, keep at it. And not just like, oh, it's done now. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a hairy topic. It is a hairy topic. In 2020. It is, yeah. Um, also, I think it's interesting, like, obviously, the conversation largely hovers around the American context. Um, and our context in Canada is really different when it comes to politics. Um, I personally appreciate our multiple party system <laughs> a lot. We don't really get into like other side-isms um, as much. But I, the same thing goes for like engaging uh, mm-hmm. as a Canadian um, is like, okay, even though we don't necessarily equate one party with like Christianity um how do we like do the same thing read the bible figure out what Jesus would want for our communities what Jesus would want in a leader and act accordingly yeah definitely and I think and I was talking about this with one of my like American friends who's living like in Canada she's like I just like you guys are so interested like it's crazy how like invested you are in American elections and I was like well I mean it's a pretty crazy situation right now (laughs) (laughs) so there's that but it's also it does it does affect us as well 100% we are neighbors (laughs) um but I also thinking about that and I was like it is a great challenge for me personally to like I need to be just as invested in my own local, mm-hmm. um, my own local politics as well, like, and, and vote and not have apathy and not like, you know, think like, oh, oh, we're at Canada. We're so much better than the States. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, a little bit of systemic racism, but like, we're definitely not like what they are. And, and I think that's a bit of a wake up call to say like, oh no, like it, we have it. I think because the states feel so loud, it kind of like brings, it doesn't hide, what am I trying to say? It like, it's so loud in the states that it makes it feel like we're good here. Mm-hmm. But 
again, if you peel it back, it's like, well, no, like there's a lot of things that we ourselves need to figure out, particularly with the church. Absolutely. And that like touches on this like specific brand of Canadian white supremacy that is so incredibly quiet. Yeah. We just like love to defer to America mm-hmm. um, and say, at least we're not them, but it's just like this insidious version of white silence that Canadians really like use and abuse, I think. And I think we've made some like decent steps this year in acknowledging like, holy, like our relationship with our indigenous people is so messed up. Like if you really look at it, there's no way we can say we're better than the States because it's incredibly not true. But I think as Canadians, we need to, as you said, like keep challenging ourselves to be invested in what's going on here because, um, it's really easy to fall into this, like, we're not American, we're not as bad narrative, which which is really harmful to marginalized communities, like like our indigenous population. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a, so we got energy for one more comment. <laughs> got energy uh, for days. We're talking about politics. Let's go. Let's go. Um, our good friend Ashley, she sent us a lot, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so she made two comments here, another two comments. Um, what's with Jesus fitting into one political party? It's one comment, and the other one, which gave me a good LOL. Um, the fact that when a specific party doesn't win, it equals the end times. <laughs> and I honestly, I'm gonna be the first to admit, I thought if Trump was like and voting again, I'm like, this is it, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus um, but I realized that might be a little bit dramatic, but <laughs> <laughs> Eric has been doing similar things and Jesus did not come at that time. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, these are both great, great comments. Yeah. We'll start with the Jesus fitting into one political party. Yeah. I mean, we talked <laughs> a little bit about that, but yeah. I, I mean... Uh, myth busted jesus is not in one party and like lacks in the other that's just not true um (laughs) it it is like a fascinating cultural phenomenon that we would do something Mm -hmm. like that as christians um i also think that that's a good like example of just like this human ego heart that we all have and our all desperate need for grace which sounds cheesy but like it's so clear like no one has it figured out because because even christians would be like no the other side doesn't doesn't know god or doesn't represent jesus Mm -hmm. like nope we're all just swimming on this weird planet and we don't have it figured out at all swimming on this weird planet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna get that on a (laughs) t-shirt swimming in this weird planet that's our new vibe (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what are your thoughts katie yeah i would agree yeah i think myth busted i think (laughs) i think all these things um I don't know, maybe this could be like a little like to sum up some things. Um, one of the, I'm taking this all from this like conference I, or this like seminar I watched today. So I feel like I should give them credit for sure. Uh, but it was so good. <laughs> the one was really good. Yeah. But, um, he shared the story in Luke 10. And so I'll just read it quickly. And it's 10, 25 to 29. And the lawyer stood up and put him to the test and said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? I like when Jesus does that. Well, did you read the Bible? <laughs> <What's it say? laughs> and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he, and he said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what you need to do. Um, but wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Mm. <laughs> and I've never 
heard that approach, that story, like the words like, but wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? So yeah, yeah, I'm hearing that you're saying like, love your neighbor, but like, I could see him being like, well, like, yeah, I should love these people, but like, can't love those people. Can you justify my like reaction in that? And Jesus is like, no, <laughs> I need to like love your neighbor. And, and I don't know, like, and I mean, I guess that can go both ways. Like, um, obviously like, you know, as someone who doesn't like love Trump, I'm still called to like love Trump supporters mm-hmm. and those things and technically love Trump, which is like a heart. That's a weird sentence that came out of my mouth. <laughs> like that would be a good example of like, well, do you really mean Trump? <laughs> yeah totally um but I just thought that was like an interesting thing to chew on because yeah like I think what we we're talking before like you gotta love everyone and that doesn't mean like allowing hurt to happen and like like yeah I think with Trump it's like I can pray for him and I can and that's probably all I can do mm-hmm. would I hang out with him no <laughs> do I support him his presence you know like I I think there's like boundaries there for sure but it is a good challenge of like I don't know I look at that of like policies and like yeah but like if I vote for this it means that I'm allowing this and it's like yeah but like again you're kind of justifying like you're justifying it and you're not actually like trying to see it from other views and like love people where they're at I don't know if that makes sense hopefully it does it was a very challenging thought for me this morning, <laughs> early in the morning. Um, yeah, that's good. But I really like that. I really like that reminder. But yeah, Becca, how do you want to close up with this one? <laughs> oh, man, we've had so much to say. <laughs> uh, our takeaways, to me, I think... Um, I've had this bit of, like, awakening politically, as I said at the beginning, like, in recent election cycles. Because, you know, when you really start to think about the deep... Okay, this is going to sound really cheesy, but, like, the deep privilege it is to live in a democracy and to be able to have your own personal, you individually, one in... 30 million people voice be heard that is an incredible privilege and uh an honor really to be able to like take part in your government that way so when you think of it like okay if we're going from my voice to like all the way up to who's leading my country what do i want my voice to say and who can I say that I align with most of the choices that I have? Um, My strategy in elections here, you do not have to do this, but this is what I do, is saying like, okay, my local person who I'm going to vote for, I don't even really care that much about who's leading the federal party. I like kind of care, but I don't really care. For me, I go, okay, who are the, the people that I could vote for to represent me in my community and let me find out what they specifically have to say about these issues. Am I rattled by what they have to say? Do I want to stand up and applaud what they have to say? Um, if I feel like I could align or see myself in one of these representatives, I think I'm going to vote for that person because they represent who I am and what I believe and will take that to the highest level of government. So. That's, like, how I apply all of these, like, angsty feelings about being a Christian in a democracy is I like to view it from this, like, me in my heart, like, up to whoever sits in office in Canada. Like, how is my heart going to be represented there? I love that. That's good. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to like 
trying to think how to sum up everything. But I would, I would say like, I think a, it's very okay to feel very frustrated that 70%, 76% of, of <laughs> evangelical Christians like voted for Trump. I think that's yeah. a very validating and rattling response. My challenge in that is like, A, it's cool that you're rattled by that because that means that you're deconstructing your like beliefs and not even beliefs, but just like, like, can we look at this for what it is? And actually is this like, what do I align with? And I think that's really important that, that you're doing that. And then I think that would be a great challenge for those like maybe who you know that like it's one of those blind things where it's like, well, you know, that he's supported blank, blank, and blank, but peeling back those layers of like and asking those questions of like, okay, but like what's the alternative plan then? Like, so then if he's against that, like how do how do what is his plan to like support people or like what is his policies in this? And I don't know. I, I think just like deconstructing those thoughts are, are really important and being really critical. And I think that's, I think being critical is, or is it self-critical? No, not the word. Critical, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> you don't know. It's fine. I don't I don't know. Know. <laughs> but I think like it's very important and very healthy to just be critical and thinking critically um, about things of the world including government and um, systems and all those things. Um, and even in the church, I think it's important to critically look within church systems and challenge it and speak out. And, um, but those are really hard things, especially when you are you grow up and that's the way things are and that's your worldview and what you think. And it can be extremely rattling when sort of that stuff kind of, you peel it back and you're like, oh, I kind of just took that because it's what's, I've been told like that's just the reality when in in reality it's like oh that actually doesn't really line up at all with like <laughs> Jesus <laughs> so then how do I like, reconcile with that so mm -hmm. I think that's an important process it's really healthy my my word of like advice would be just like stay rooted in Jesus and that's what's been like keeping me rooted because it's very easy to look at it and be like this is all just really messed up but then I like every time I go back to like the gospels, specifically the gospels, and I see the way that Jesus like lived and interacted and did all those things. I'm like, okay, like I am on the right track because like what I'm pursuing and what I'm like thinking about lines up with like the things that Jesus is like all about. So that's mm -hmm. affirming for me. It's hard when you hear Christians in like, and as you identify as a Christian, there's different viewpoints. So that's really interesting to wrestle with, but it's okay. And honestly, like, I could be wrong. <laughs> and um, that's all right. <laughs> 100%. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, throwing up things that we could be wrong about, but let's just talk about it. And thanks to everyone who uh, sent to us your thoughts. It's always fun to hear what everyone has to say. Um, cause then it becomes like an exercise for ourselves to think about, oh, do I agree? How do I want to engage with that? And I hope that this podcast continually is something like that for all of you out there. You do not have to agree with me and Katie, but we want you to just chew on it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're just cure to keep doing this it's so great <laughs> so, um um yeah for our next podcast we have a really awesome friend coming on um to talk about theology of women Ooh. which i'm very fired up about so i'm excited for you guys to hear that that's gonna be awesome so good so good <laughs> katie's already bopping to the intro music <laughs> all right good conversation katie as always <laughs> yeah this will do stay safe out there everyone and yeah yeah listen to bonbon bon. <laughs>